Are you ready for this? Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm Corey. I'm Logan. And we are here to go on the journey of life and leadership growth with you. Welcome to the Principles Podcast. Welcome back to Principles with Corey and Logan, y'all. I'm excited about having our next guest on. I actually got to meet him um, at the time of this recording. I guess it was about last week. We went on a Heaven in Business leadership retreat. It was an opportunity to get around other like-minded entrepreneurs, like-minded leaders, and I really connected with, uh, his name is Ryan Haley, and I'm excited for you guys to get to meet him. Awesome, awesome guys, doing some very interesting things in the world of um, creative financing, but also got some other, he's got a cool podcast that uh, we'll be talking about, but hearing his story, I wanted to uh, get you guys the opportunity to hear his story, and I just want to say welcome to the podcast, uh, Principles of Corey and Logan. Ryan, how are you doing today? Great. It's great to see you, Corey. I definitely uh, agree with everything you just said. We definitely had an instant connection last week at that retreat, and uh, it's great to be on the, the other side of the microphone, so to speak. Yeah, right. It's a little bit different when you're the one being asked the questions, and uh, it's a little bit different seat. So uh, I really am excited about getting uh, allowing people to hear your story. So Ryan, right now you live in Denver, Colorado, and you do some things in the uh, financial industry space. Can you tell those that may not know anything about you or know who you are, uh, maybe your background, your story, and kind of how you got to where you're at right now? Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, started off my professional career as an active duty naval officer. I was a helicopter pilot for several years and um, kind of have a, a very unconventional career path. You know, we talked about it a little bit, but I was actually in a helicopter crash in 2007 and uh, miraculously survived, thank God. And that kind of really reoriented uh, my perspective and my um, approach in life and my trajectory. And then um, I ended up going to grad school in the Navy, got my MBA in financial management at the Naval Postgraduate School in Monterey, California, which was a, a beautiful, beautiful area. Uh, a, uh, as we say, ironically, a, a hard deal set of orders, you know, getting paid full time to go to school and wear civilian clothes four days a week. And uh, that was amazing. And then uh, after that, I ended up going to Afghanistan for almost a year uh, with the Army doing uh, something very different than I'd ever trained for, but we got embedded with army units to help out in the war effort. I was doing Intel support. So that was a very challenging, but, um, learned a lot of things through that, that period. And then my final assignment in the Navy was doing manpower analysis and defense budgeting at the Pentagon in Washington, DC, and, uh, learned that I did not want to stay in the Navy, but looking back, it actually gave me some great background for what I'm doing now with like really in-depth financial analysis, large data sets, putting presentations together and stuff like that. But I realized I, I didn't really want to be, um, <laughs> as I call it, a cog in the wheel of the uh, you know, federal bureaucracy and government machine, if you will. And uh, you know, was, was really passionate to find something different and kind of got on this improbable, um, but very rewarding path to entrepreneurship. Uh, became a realtor for a couple of years. Uh, then I was a start a sales and um, account manager for a startup company in Colorado. And then after that, I started a podcast in 2017, which you're going to be on next week. I'm looking forward to that. And then finally, bringing it up full circle, I ended up coming to um, Denver, Colorado last year. And I had started, I'd met a company at the same uh, retreat or the same conference for the same organization, Heaven and Business in 2020, total amazing divine appointment and got um, connected to a company called Unbridled Wealth that I'm with now. I'm contracted with them. I'm self-employed, but it's, uh, you know, basically it's financial services and we can talk more about the specifics of that, but we really specialize in what's called the infinite banking concept or privatized banking, which is using um, cash value and life insurance policies to fund investments and business opportunities. And I'm, as you know, uh, looking and praying into expanding my scope of services to full-scale wealth management. But I guess you could say in a nutshell, in financial planning right now, but uh, a crazy, very, uh, you know, circuitous route professionally, uh, spiritually and personally to where I am now. And that's just a very brief snapshot. But, um, you know, I would say that's, that's probably the two or three minute version. 
Yeah, wow. Man, you, you have some incredible stuff right there. Navy uh, Naval helicopter crash in 2017 and uh, got your MBA and then actually- 2007. That was a while ago. So it's been a minute. 2007. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Wow. And then found yourself in Afghanistan, opened up your own business, those kind of things. And uh, first thing that, that I wanted to ask, and actually meant to ask you at the retreat, I know names mean something. And I, I really like that title, Unbridled unbridled with so uh, just curious uh is there a story behind the name you know that's a great question there is there's definitely a story quite a quite a few of them um i it's it's not my company per se again i'm contracted with them so i don't have the full depth of everything but i think it really was um you know it's not a quote-unquote christian company or christian business per se but it is very much led by very strong believers and people who have, you know, a lot of faith. And so Stan, um, Stan is the guy who started it, the CEO. It's now a family of 27 companies and growing. Uh, Stan Bullis was the founder. And I think, you know, if you meet him, my guess without knowing the specifics is, is very much um, kind of probably being unbridled to pursue your God-given purpose and passion, even though he might not explicitly word it in that way. But that's kind of my interpretation of being on board for a couple of years. And also, I think very unbridled in pursuing uh, creative and unconventional business and financial strategies, which obviously is part and parcel to what we do specifically at Unbridled Wealth. But um, yeah, I, I, that's a good, a good question. I've got a book he just recently published. And uh, maybe if we talk again, I can explain the specifics of it. But I think it is an appropriate name for the company and the culture. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your book. What, what's the name of your book? I want to make sure we get that out there. Yeah, thank you. It's called A Better Way. And um, that's the uh, main title. The, the subtitle is God's Design for Less Stress, More Rest, and Greater Success. And we can wow. talk about that too. That's a, a bunch of the principles that I've seen, both business, financial, and probably most importantly, the spiritual principles that I have really discovered along the way. Yeah, man, I, I love that. Uh, better Way, say that one more time. God's, uh, what, what was the subtitle to that? Yeah, so it's a better way, and the subtitle is God's Design for Less Stress, More Rest, and Greater Success. Yeah, come on, that's awesome. You know, I, I don't know about you, uh, but I'm, I was, uh, you, you're in the business lane and probably been around a ton of other business owners, and some of them probably in the faith lane, and there, there's this thing about how do I bring my faith into the business world? Like, how do I, how do I live that out? How do I live kingdom out? Uh, in, in my business. And no matter what my business is, how do I live that out? And it sounds like you, you got a few principles in that. You, you care to share maybe one or two or a couple of those with us? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest thing is that number one, uh, I think there's a false dichotomy in a lot of people's minds, in the, especially in the faith and, and marketplace space. And there's a lot of people that have kind of got this revelation, but whatever you do, that is your mission. That is your ministry. So it doesn't have to be quote unquote, full-time ministry or five-fold ministry, whatever label you want to put on it, whatever God has equipped you to do is very much, you know, um, a ministry it's bringing the kingdom and your faith into it. If you do it with all your heart. And I believe that everybody has been uh, given unique and specific gifts and talents that God has equipped them with for a very specific purpose and service to the world. And um, I think that one of the big things that I've learned is um, when you tap into that and you really get in touch with what you're naturally very good at, what you love doing and what's adding value to other people, um, that is a really powerful way, you know, whatever it is that you're doing to, to just be bringing the kingdom, whether or not you're talking about Jesus explicitly um, I call that your sweet spot, right? I talk about that in the book and some of the materials I have is, you know, your greatest passion, your deepest pain, your greatest strength and your greatest service. And where those four intersect, I found that's where what I call the sweet spot is. And that's where God has really given you a grace and anointing to do what only you can do in a very unique way. That's very powerful. And it, you know, it could be in the world of finance, could be in the world of, you know, leadership and consulting, like you're doing anything across the spectrum, but I think the, the biggest principle, if I could just give one takeaway to anybody listening, is that we don't have to figure it out on our own and we don't have to do it under our own strength. Yeah. A revelation of God's grace and rest 
is so central to everything I'm doing. Even when it comes to nitty gritty financial spreadsheets and numbers, which I was deep into today, right before this, you know, interview, um, because God's given me that ability and, and, and I have allowed him to show me and guide me through that process. I have tapped into something that to me is effortless and enjoyable, even though for most people, you're probably hearing this and your eyes are already glazing over or you're, you know, it sounds like, uh, you know, a terrible experience, but for me, I'm happy as a clam doing that. And it doesn't feel like work, but again, coming back to less stress because I'm not going against the grain of who God made me to be uh, more rest because I can just be enjoying myself and not worried about how to generate business and um, you know, how I'm going to get the job done and in greater success because God blesses it. And it's this, uh, what I call the define the divine efficiency ratio where you get less input, but more output. And so I think that is a huge critical takeaway is that God intends for work to be enjoyable and that it's not supposed to be toilsome and difficult. Now you may be very productive, active, and, and, um, intentional, and what people might look at and say, oh, that you're doing a lot of hard work, right? But to me, it doesn't feel that way. And as the old saying goes, you know, if you look, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And sure, there are challenges and difficulties along the way. But I think more than anything else, that's the biggest takeaway. And that's what I talk about in the book. And, uh, you know, I could, I could write a whole book since then, since I hadn't even started doing that two years ago. But that whole principle led me into what I'm doing right now. And I just see that, uh, you know, it's, it's so much different than I thought. And I think that a lot of people, uh, well-meaning uh, believers in the business world, in the marketplace community, a lot of times they're, they're operating under a lot of grind and flesh and self-effort. And I, I just invite people to, you know, partner with God so that you can step into that, you know, uh, less stress, more rest and greater success. Yeah, man, I love what you said right there. And I, I found that to be true. So many times you try to, as, a, as an entrepreneur, most most entrepreneurs, most leaders, they're, uh, you know, those type A players or, or they try to make things happen. They're playmakers, right? And mm -hmm. you try to force it. I know for me that for the longest time, that's kind of how I was. And sometimes I'll find myself getting back into that. But it's it, it, it's a really interesting thing because it goes against the grain of what your mind tells you to, right? Yes. Like if, if you just kind of almost handed over to God, like he, like he says, how much it just flows instead of, like you're saying, going against the grain, there's resistance there. Yes. And uh, how much more enjoyable it is. I think you're on to something for sure there with the less stress and, and all of that, whenever you can just kind of flow in, yes. in that area. You're, that word flow is, is critical. And by the way, just so you know, I am very much that typical in my flesh. I am every bit the, you know, type A, get things done, playmaker, try to force and make things happen. And I've really had to repent of that. And I still, I still deal with it as, as, as we talked about at the retreat, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very conscious of my, my tendencies to go that direction. But when I tap into that divine wisdom and uh, that very different thinking process that God leads us into, um, it does, it goes completely against everything that I had been taught in the military in business and just this culture. And as a human being, you know, with our, with our just uh, fallen nature and our flesh and trying to be independent and self-sufficient. Um, and it all, it feels very wrong at first, but then once your eyes kind of get open to it, you see these themes throughout scripture. And then the root to me, the proof's in the pudding. I'm a very bottom line, practical oriented person. And the Lord made me that way for a reason but I find that, um, you know, when our lives and our businesses and you being a good example of that, Corey, which we'll talk about on my show next week, when you when you finally tap into that, the results do speak for themselves. It's not just pie in the sky and the sweet by and by. It is hard metrics, bottom line results. You know, I wouldn't be passionate about this otherwise. But to me, it's, it's amazing when you can combine the, the supernatural and the practical in equal measure. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You know, as you were talking there, you, you mentioned something that's very powerful, and that's you don't have to do it alone. And uh, there, there are two things that kind of came to my mind right there. One is a kind of a leadership law from a from a fleshly standpoint. I don't know if you'd call it fleshly standpoint, but I would say a leadership principle. Sure. And that and that's that. Many times as leaders, we feel like we've got to have all the answers and feel like we've got to be perfect, but. People really are not looking for perfect leaders, right? They're, they're looking for people who are going to lead them from a place of value, uh, lead them from a place of integrity and honesty. But then also the other thing that uh, you're you're hitting at is that we have the mind of Christ. If you are a believer, you have the mind of Christ. And in First uh, Corinthians, it's a it's amazing thing where um, Paul is talking like you know 
he says something along the lines of um, nobody knows the spirit and knows knows what a man's thinking except for the spirit of that man. And nobody knows what God is thinking except for the spirit of God. And then he quotes Isaiah. He says, Isaiah says, like, who who's known the mind of God? And then I, uh, Paul's like, <clears throat> We have, we do. We've got the mind of Christ, right? <laughs> like, like you, if you are in Christ, you have the mind of Christ. You don't have to rely on human wisdom. You don't have to rely on worldly wisdom, but you have the mind of Christ. And that's exactly what you're talking about there, Ryan, which is, you know, it's amazing, right? It it's is. And, and I tell you, it will sometimes go directly counter to what seems like wisdom and common sense and logic, you know, in earthly terms. And one of my theme verses is 1 Corinthians one twenty five which says that the wisdom of the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And as someone with a pretty, you know, extensive financial education and background, there are times in my life and my business where God has told me to do things that made absolutely no sense. And I had to transcend my natural thinking and step into what he had. And when you do that, inevitably, it always works out way better than you could have thought it would, but it's always so much different. And ironically now, um, things that seemed like he was leading me one direction. I have actually learned more about things that seemed opposite to that initial leading than, um, you know, I would have thought. And uh, that probably doesn't make any sense, but we can talk about a specific example of it if you want, getting more into the practical and financial side of things. But that is a, a very, very um, uncomfortable and um, very challenging place to allow the Holy Spirit to renew your mind to the extent that you're willing to go completely 180 degrees against anything you've learned, everything, every natural tendency in your flesh and in your bones, you know, it's just fighting against it. But when it's the spirit of the Lord, you have that settled sense of peace that you, it's kind of hard to describe exactly how that is. You can't make it exactly a formula, but it, again, it will always bear fruit and the tree is known by the fruit and the results eventually do speak for themselves. But it's, um, I think that's the part of the renewing of the mind, right? Of not being conformed to the pattern of this world and then seeing oh, wow, I see how that worked out now. And I couldn't have anticipated that. But at the same time, it's not completely, it doesn't shipwreck you. It's not foolish. It, it will have good results and good fruit. But getting through that, uh, that cognitive dissonance or that tension in that, you know, as you're starting to do things differently, and really when it comes down to, you know, bottom line, putting your money where your mouth is in business and finances, you know, uh, you can't really fake it there. A lot of people talk a good game. But when it comes down to that, you know, that's where it gets real. Yeah, yeah, that's where you tow the line to that faith, right? You you towed that line to stepping out right there. Um, so I I got a question for you, Ryan. This is this is more of a selfish question, right? So uh, hopefully this will still add value to our listeners, right? I, I'm sure it will. But uh, so you wrote a book. I'm in the process of trying to write a book too, right? So you got any awesome. advice to those book book writers, those authors out there. And, and honestly, I believe um, we were talking before we got going here. The whole point of this podcast is everybody's got a story. And I think your story is powerful and your story can encourage and motivate somebody else. And, and I think that story can be in a book form as well. So uh, encourage those that are listening to write that book, get that story out there. So uh, help us all out there, Ryan. What, any advice on some uh, writing a book? <laughs> well, you kind of just said it all right there, actually. Um, and now I, I will say anything that I'm saying is, you know, it's not necessarily this is the way you have to do it. I can only share my own experience, but it all has to do with the stories, right? And I think that's a really big theme that you and I both share that I'm picking up even more in this conversation with you. And that was really it for me was um, I had, you know, a spreadsheet with, you know, an outline and chapters and verses and themes and like illustrations and this whole thing. And, you know, that nothing wrong with that. Sometimes God leads people to do it that way. But for me, as I was trying to start writing the book and get this all down on paper, I was just getting really frustrated with that. And I kind of felt like the Lord just told me, you know, just stop, take a break, go on a walk outside. I was at a prayer and fasting retreat, you know, which I sometimes do every once in a while to remove myself from the grind and from the everyday, you know, rhythms of life to kind of set myself aside in a place to hear from the Lord um, in a way that's easier for me. And so I, I was at this cabin, I was on my computer writing and, and he said that. And so I walked out for a couple minutes and as I was walking, I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, just write your story, Ryan. That's it. So all you have to do, just share your story. If you tell it, I'll sell it. Hmm. That was what the Holy wow. Spirit said to me. And I'll tell you what, I came back in and it was almost like, I think I wrote about 25 or 30,000 words in almost one sitting. 
Wow. Um, just and and stuff started to flow out of me and even i got revelations and new layers of understanding of my own story just from writing it connections i hadn't made before and i'll tell you Corey, you know um and and i really do try to weave a lot of principles and truths in there but it's through the testimonies and the stories that the lord has really specifically led me and clearly it sounds like you as well and um you know over and over again what people kept telling me was, thank you so much for sharing your story so vulnerably, you know, you didn't hold back on any of the, you know, the rough stuff and the rough edges and the raw kind of real um, things that, that happened that were not so great. Um, and then also not holding back from the amazing things the Lord did kind of back to your point of people trust those who are vulnerable and they're real. They don't try to put on a front. And so I think sharing the story, but particularly the, the struggles, the setbacks and the failures as well as the, the victories, the triumphs and success, I think paints a really powerful picture when you see what it looks like without God and then with God. And, um, you know, but the story is the central thing for me, for the podcast, for, you know, even when I share financial principles, I'm usually using a story, a personal testimony, a client's testimony, somebody else that I heard about, because I think that really brings, um, you know, if you think of the principles and the concepts as kind of like the bones or the skeletal structure, the stories and the testimonies to me are the flesh and blood that really kind of bring that to life. Yeah, man, I, I think that's important. You know, uh, in, in speaking, one of the things that we, we teach whenever you, you speak is that you never make a point without telling a story and you never tell a story without making a point. It's, it's the story like that. that brings it to life. And, and, and I think that's amazing that you, you talk about that in writing your book because there's life experience attached to that. There's more credibility attached to that. And, Man, I had to grab my notes because there was something I wrote down yesterday. We were doing a leadership training with a company, and we were talking about uh, mentoring other people. And in mentorship, mentoring and leading other people, it's both caught and taught, right? There's a teaching component of it, and that's the knowledge. That's the information. That was kind of like your outline, right? You got your outline, but that caught component that's the spirit in which you teach it. It's, it's the spirit in which you tell the thing. It's the, it's the life experience. And I think we've all probably been to a, probably a church service, been to a conference or a seminar where somebody's overwhelmed us with data and knowledge. And it's filled us with some head knowledge, but they haven't pierced the heart. And piercing the heart comes from the life experiences. There's something deposited into you. And, and, and I love the fact that you said that that's what stood out to the people who um, read your books is the stories there because those stories make the principles come to life. And uh, absolutely. Anyway, yeah. And I'll also add as an encouragement, um, you know, I'm a, a decent writer, right? The Lord has, has, I think, blessed me with that gift, a, a decent communicator. But even when I first got like this um, really clear call, I remember very specifically when I, the day I knew like I was called to be a writer and, you know, not just that, but writing, speaking, coaching, teaching, counseling, weaving together business and ministry and all these different things. But I, even then, um, having done well in school and knowing I had a pretty good gift at writing and communication, even then I kind of felt like, well, man, writing a book, like a full feature length book, like what could I possibly say, Lord, that hasn't already been said a thousand times in a thousand better ways. And, um, you know, he reminded me, well, obviously I've given you, you know, uh, an anointing and equipping in this area, but even if you don't have that at all, if you feel like you're the worst writer, you're dyslexic, you know, I know a lot of stories like that. Um, the thing that most powerfully stood out to me that the Holy Spirit shared with me in that moment was in the marketplace, if you will, of books and stories and authors, you have the market cornered on your own story and your life. No one else has that. That is your unique value proposition as an author, as a communicator, a storyteller, whatever. And that is the one thing that no one can take from you that, that no one else has. And so that's coming back to the central theme of the stories um, that you may say the same principle or the same concept, you know, like you just talked about, but somebody who maybe has heard that same message a thousand times in a thousand different ways, because of the unique way that it is that God's light is refracted through the prism of your unique personality and story, they may catch a glimpse of it or a perspective, a revelation that they never had before because of the vessel that it's coming through. And you're going to be able to reach people with your story, the, the Corey that I can't and vice versa. And for anybody else who's listening like you, I'd say, do not diminish um, or, you know, take for granted 
the incredible, unique value of your own story and your life. And it takes a while sometimes to dig that out and getting, you know, processing it and all that stuff. But the gold is in those hills. You just got to figure out how to extract it and, you know, um, get it into, uh, you know, some kind of form that people can can intake it. Yeah, man. You, you said something really powerful there is that you have the market cornered on your story. And I, I think that's interesting too. You know, there's several leadership books that I've read and some of them, connect and some of them don't and they have the same essence of the principle that those that connect with it, it is the stories or maybe the values of the individual that that the the language they put it to and uh, right. yeah that's that's really powerful that's that's really good um so ryan uh you've mentioned your podcast a few times and i'm going to be have the opportunity to come on to yours next week and that'll be released and yeah can you kind of give us an overview of what you talk about in your your podcast because I, I get questions all the time of hey what podcast uh, do you listen to do you have some good recommendations and uh, so tell us a little bit about yours yeah absolutely i appreciate that um it is also called a better way and so it's on all the major you know uh, platforms and uh, you can check that out. You can go to the website at betterwaypodcast.com and see more about it. But in essence, it is sharing, you guessed it, stories and testimonies of people. Um, my niche is kind of similar to yours, you know, people specifically in the marketplace. But what I really focus on is the intersection between the supernatural and the practical. Like I said, I, I am a very bottom line oriented, you know, uh, results focused kind of person. But what I like sharing are those stories and testimonies where people share how God, you know, it's one thing to, to be successful and live by principles and, you know, natural um, laws and all these things. And that's all good. Right. And, and the Lord, you know, the scripture and the kingdom is it, that is part of it. Right. But that's not all of it. And so what really gets my attention are those things that you cannot possibly explain apart from God. And the way I say it in the tagline on my book is, you know, those stories and those business testimonies that demand a supernatural explanation. So that's what I really like to focus on. And I, I'm not going to give away what you're going to talk about, but that's how we connected early on is that things that almost sometimes despite ourselves or circumstances or the way we went about something, something that by all rights totally should have failed or not succeeded is wildly successful because the Lord was in it. And so that's a big thing to me. Also going back to that theme of grace and rest, you know, where you can get more done with less effort and toil, even though you may be working at a higher capacity because you're going in, in, you know, in line with the grain of who God created you to be. So that's really my thing is, you know, marketplace testimonies from believers who saw, you know, um, things that, that really shifted when the Lord came into the, to the focus, you know, and a lot of them similar to me had some pretty rough, you know, starting points or went through some rough patches at time. I don't think there's a single person I've ever talked to who didn't have some enormous challenge or failure or setback of some kind um, that eventually God totally redeemed and used powerfully. Right. So um, that's kind of it. And I, I'm, again, I'm a numbers guy and I'm, I'm very much, you know, metrics focused. So I like to really specifically bring in, you know, as much as people are comfortable, like, okay, so tell me like, this is all great. We got this like kind of spiritual background and testimony, but like, show me the results in your business. Because part of my hope for my podcast is yes, I'm ministering to the household of faith and encouraging and equipping believers. That's absolutely part of it. But my hope is that unbelievers who have no interest in Jesus whatsoever, but they're just savvy business-minded people that the testimonies that we share, there's the details are so undeniable and so rich that they're captivated by that because they say, you know, I don't give a rip about this whole Jesus stuff you guys are talking about, but how did you get those year over year revenue growth results? How did you get those profit margin percentages? How, what was your, you know, growth strategy or how are you getting this kind of employee retention or these kinds of, you know, hardline business metrics and we get to blow them away with not only what happened, but even more so how it happened because of the Lord's different, better way of doing things. Yeah. Oh man. I love that. Woo. You got, you, you got me excited right there. That's really good. So, <laughs> well, you know, good you're going to be on the show next week. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, all right. So uh, I would love to hear, uh, I'm going to ask you a question, but before I ask this, so last week, you know, we were at that retreat and, and there were some amazing things and uh, just way beyond 
expectations. But one of the things I absolutely loved, I, I felt like a little kid in the candy store and we were just kind of sitting around and we were talking about some of the supernatural ways God has shown up in, in our lives. And I just kind of, kind of sharing stories about how God's moved in, in life and business and family is just amazing. I loved hearing that. And I, I want to ask you, the, the people that's been on your podcast, uh, is there a story that's just kind of like, wow, any, any kind of story, um, maybe one that jumps out to you that you would like to share? Um, I mean, there's so many of them, right? They've got over hundred episodes and every single one is, you know, is on there for a reason, but I guess the first person that came to mind, um, that I'm going to assume this is the prompting of the Holy spirit. Like we talked about last week, it's probably God, it might be me. So as soon as you said that first person that came to mind was, uh, NFL coach, Tony Dungy, who, uh, I was able to interview and, uh, also just an amazing man of God. Um, you know, he was, he, he, he did your, uh, he, he was in forward. your book, right? Like, yeah, he, he wrote personally wrote the forward to my book, which was again, above and beyond. I mean, he is such a stand-up guy. He's one of those rare people where the more you get to know him behind closed doors, the, the more you respect and admire and trust him. And, um, so one of the things that he did was, you know, not only, of course, most people are familiar with his NFL success, you know, winning a Super Bowl with the Indianapolis Colts in 2006. Um, you know, I believe he was the first um, African-American head coach in the NFL, despite a lot of resistance and doing things very differently than most people were expected. Again, breaking from that conformance to the pattern of this world, being renewed, by your mind and, and really being himself, you know, his book is called Quiet Strength. Well, one of his 17 or 20 books that he's written by now, which is a whole uh, testimony in itself. But so he did things very differently. He was very um, intentional and unwavering in the way that he allowed God to lead him in his professional football um, career as an athlete and then later as a coach. But I would say the thing that that blew me away more than anything else was actually the story and the testimony about releasing that book, Quiet Strength, because the all the experts in the world, the publishers, the advertising and marketing people, the you know the big time New York and uh, this and that people had all said this is the way you got to do it, and um, you know if you don't do it this way, you're you're gonna totally fail. And not only did he not do it the way that they recommended doing it because of just some of it was circumstantial, it just didn't work out. Some of it he just had a leading in his heart otherwise. And so not only did he not do it that way, he pretty much did it the exact opposite way. And it was an overwhelming, unprecedented, phenomenal success. To this day, it sold over 1.5 million copies. They said he'd be lucky to sell maybe, I think, like 50,000 or something like that, the way he was going to do it. And it was just an amazing testimony to me of uh, someone who was totally yielded to God did not go with the just traditional, this is how we do it. This is the pattern of the world. We're just going to conform because they're the experts. And, you know, I don't know any better. And um, not that he was intentionally trying to be, you know, difficult or uh, contrarian, but just felt in his heart, the Lord leading him a certain way to do it. And again, despite not because of uh, circumstances and the situation, uh, it was an overwhelming success. And that to me was one of those uh, examples where you have to say like, that has to be God because there's no reason that should have worked by all rights that should have failed. And it was not only not a failure, it was an overwhelming uh, success beyond anything that could reasonably be you know, expected. So, um, and there's tons of, of stories and testimonies like that, that I can share. So I, I hate trying to pick favorites, but I can just say, when you asked me that question, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. You have to go and check out the podcast, a better way podcast there listen to all the stories there's a hundred episodes so uh take your pick there and um again i, I know i'll get to share and i may share this one mm -hmm. on uh your podcast but uh, the most recent one for us we've got tons of stories where god has just supernaturally stepped in but probably the most recent one was um in november a wife uh, I, I was doing our leadership business uh trying to get that up and going and you know uh getting the opportunity to work with some leaders but from a financial standpoint uh was not enough to really even support a single person <laughs> and uh, my wife she was doing home health physical therapy and she was pretty much the breadwinner and we knew we knew that it, God was calling us to, uh, for her to turn in her notice. And I remember praying one day and, um, 
like what are, what are what are our next steps and all that kind of good stuff. And I, I remember as clear as day, he said, I'm waiting on your wife's obedience. I'm waiting on Kim's obedience. We knew exactly what that meant. And uh, it meant for her to turn in her notice. And and I, I want you to get this. Now we've got, we're married. We've got three small kids. I'm not making enough from my business to even support a single person. Right. And uh, she's, she's the breadwinner. And um but we knew it was of the Lord and, and our experience with the Lord knows that he is faithful, that he is good. And she turned in her notice and it was a 30 day notice. By the end of that 30 days, I'd had companies call me, right? They, <laughs> they called me, they emailed me, they sent me LinkedIn messages and Facebook messages. And by the time she even quit, I had enough companies that I was able to come alongside of, work with leadership, uh, do leadership training and development, all those kind of things to uh, replace her income by the time she had turned in her notice. And man, that's got it because I didn't go out to get those businesses. Right. right. I mean, that's amazing. So well, anyway. you just pretty much gave away the whole uh, next week's interview on my show. So, uh, oh man, I got plenty know. more. I got more. <laughs> yeah. God's good, man. We got way Amen. more. But that's a perfect example to me. I love that, man. That's so amazing, you know? And, and again, that's the kind of stuff you can't fake. It's one thing to, you know, give lip service to faith and prayer and, you know, Oh God, this and kingdom that, but when he's saying, you know, uh, I'm asking you to walk away from, you know, 80 to 90 percent of your household family income and trust me with the next step. And you can't see how it adds up in the natural with the numbers and the figures. That's where it gets real, you know, and uh, I, I applaud you for that. And that's exactly the kind of stuff that I just love seeing. God is just waiting for us to let him be released to go to work on our behalf. And I know that might sound a little offensive to if anybody's got a, you know, kind of a religious mindset that, oh, no, we're, you know, we're called to serve God. He doesn't work for us. That's blasphemous. And it's like, well, that's actually not what scripture says. Jesus same. Jesus came, came to serve. Right. And he was the greatest among us because he became the least. And a revelation I got a couple of years ago as I was about to release the book was that God is just waiting for the chance for people to trust him enough to set him loose, to go to work on our behalf, to help and, and bless us if we will just trust him. And I love that you did that. So we'll, we'll definitely get into that one next week on my show. But I, yeah, that's a perfect example. I want to I share one other thing on, on along those lines. So, um, you know, last week, Steve Backlund was there speaking and, um, in, in one of our classes this week, he spoke and he said something that's like, wow, I really, really like that. Um, you know, I, I don't know the theological stuff, but he, he's saying it to, to make a point. He said, you know, I want I want to be so busy for God. I want to be doing so much stuff that my, I want to keep my angel so busy. Right? I want to make my angel so busy that he has to go ask for help from all the other lazy people. Right. And I was like, I like that. I kind of like there's something. I'm busy. About that I'm glad that you I brought like. that up. I did not remember him saying that, but that's great. I love it. Well, well this was, this was actually in one of our, um, our, um, school classes. He was, speaking Oh, oh yes, you're he spoke right. Yeah. This week. Yes. And, uh, he said that and I was like, Oh, I, I kind of like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know what he said at ours that I think goes kind of, you know, hand in hand with what we're talking about too, Corey is, he, he said something that really stuck out to me and was kind of opposite of what you did really hear, you know, at least what I've heard traditionally. And he says, um, you don't get transformed by surrendering your heart to God. You get transformed by surrendering your beliefs. Mm. And again, yes, obviously we know the heart is ultimately like, that's what God's after. And that's, you know, the wellspring of life and all these things. But I thought that was so insightful because I know people whose hearts are sold out for the Lord and God bless them. They love God and they love people. And they're still just, you know, smack dab in the middle of their dysfunction and haven't gotten breakthrough. And it really is to me, it's both and right. It's not either, or it's almost always both and in the kingdom for the most part. And I thought that was so insightful because everything we're talking about, I had to radically shift some of my most deeply held beliefs about God, everything that felt right and true and holy and good. And, you know, God, God has a, a, a way of offending us in our religious sensibilities and in our traditions, right. That make the word of God of no effect. And um, I thought that was an amazing insight that he brought out that kind of goes hand in hand with uh, what you're saying, because if we don't believe that God's for us and that he wants to work on our behalf, then our angel is going to be just sitting around like, man, am I ever going to get an assignment from this guy? And certainly not going to be so busy. He's got to call the other guys, you know, to help out. So uh, anyways, I just felt led to share that, but uh, that was good. I liked it. Uh, that extra little layer you added. That's awesome. Um, when he said that, it really, really validated something for me. One morning, it's probably about a year and a half ago, I woke up 
with this phrase on my mind, and uh, it was obviously from the Lord because I'd never heard this phrase. But it said that the microwave gospel is killing the kingdom and mm. putting, uh, no, killing the church and putting the kingdom in a box. Mm. And, mm. and what he started revealing to me was that, you know, we're creating atmospheres to help people make a decision that hearts are being transformed, but mindsets are not. Right. And, and that's kind of what say that again. What was that again? So hearts are being transformed. We're making a decision for Jesus, but mindsets are not, you know. Yeah, amen. Absolutely. But you the thing about the microwave. Yeah. Yeah. The microwave gospel is killing the church and putting the kingdom in a box. So we're getting people to make a decision, come to the altar, but we're leaving them there. Right. Like hearts mm. are transforming. People are being saved. Right. But mindsets are not. And uh Anyway, that's an amen. Was that was that a, a, a direct uh, Holy Spirit to Corey uh, revelation? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I woke up one yeah. morning and that that phrase came on my mind. I was like, "What in the world is that?" So anyway, uh, amen, bro. I love that. That's a part of the book. So anyway, um, I want to ask you, Ryan. Uh, I, when I got to meet you, I could tell that that you have a have a tender heart for the Lord. That you are passionate for the Lord, and and and. Also, I think that comes with a relationship, right? It doesn't just, um, there's some history there. And I think uh, we can we can come to salvation and, and know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, right? But he, he wants to reveal more of himself to us, that it's beyond that. We want to get to, he wants to get to friendship with us. And I, I just, kind of curious, what was there a turning point for you? Was there something that triggered like, man, I, I want greater levels of intimacy or did it even start like that? Did you, was that the starting point or did some kind of event happen to where your own passion, you're, you're passionate and on fire for the Lord? Yeah. I mean, there, certainly I think it's, there's, like you said, it's not a one-time microwave event. You know, it's, it's a long history, a rich history of, of walking with the Lord, but, you know, cause I grew up as a believer, but um, then started to stray. So obviously the crashing the helicopter is what brought me back to my senses, kind of my prodigal son returns moment, right? And then there's a couple milestones along the way, but I would say one that kind of noticeably stands out to me is taking me to another level was, um, I didn't have language for this uh, at the time or any kind of understanding, but what I now realize and what we would probably refer to in the charismatic circles is the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of theological debates on this and I don't want to go down any rabbit trails, but, um, what a lot of people in our circle say refer to as the baptism of the Holy spirit is a, some kind of supernatural event, right? So for me, I was at, um, a church service at a place I'd never attended. They had a, um, a prophet lady who was coming, which I'd never heard of that. And I, I was still kind of more in your traditional non-denominational, like, you know, contemporary American Christianity bubble, but I just had a real hunger and desire for the Lord after that coming back to the Lord from the helicopter crash. And long story short, she, um, this lady prayed for me and I started to feel what I can only describe as like an electrical current from her hand. She put her hand on my heart and I started to feel like literally it felt like an electrical current, not shock, but it, it didn't hurt, but it was, I mean, literally that's the best way I can describe an electrical current. And I kind of like, you know, stepped back and, and wasn't sure what was going on. And she kind of jokingly said something like, oh, is this your first time, honey, or something like that, you know? And uh, I was like, yeah. And I, my eyes are wide. And I'm like, what's going on here? But she's like, is, is it okay if I put my hand on you and pray? So I said, yeah. And she did it. And then sure enough, that current came back. And then all of a sudden, just completely without any explanation, I just started to laugh hysterically. And, uh, and now I know that's referred to as holy laughter. And I was kind of mortified at first in my flesh. I didn't know any of these people. I don't know what's going on. I've never heard of this before. And I'm trying to fight against it. But eventually after five or 10 seconds, I just said, all right, I'm just going to go with it. And I mean, it was just full on like televangelism scene, right? Like fallout. Somebody catches me as I fall down, put the purple blanket over me and I'm just laughing hysterically. And, um, it, it even felt almost at a cellular level. Like it was almost like um, a bubble wrap getting popped. It's, it's hard to describe exactly, but what I found out later is again, God will always do things that have fruit to it. And um, you know, some scriptural basis. Right. And I know that laughter is good medicine for the heart. I had had high blood pressure and she was praying specifically for that. But I think for me, that was just this, you know, unbelievable, like experience that I, you know, I'd, I'd read all these, you know, miracles and supernatural signs and wonders in the Bible. And I always thought, oh, that's back then for Bible times. 
So after that happened, I kind of had to make sense of like my experience. Right. And then somebody gave me um, Bill Johnson from Bethel Church's uh, The Supernatural Power of a Transformed Mind. And that was just like scales falling up from my eyes. And that's when I kind of got, you know, baptized into this, uh, you know, the supernatural and like, you know, Bethel and this charismatic kind of culture that I'd never been a part of before. And I'd say that that was a milestone moment for me that took it to another level where I had um, a an experience, b an expectation and c um, you know, a grid or an understanding in a community to delve into things that I had never seen in a certain way or even knew they existed. And I think that that overlay of that supernatural piece with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, you know, speaking in tongues eventually and and just flowing in those kinds of things, you know, prophetic, you know, prophecy, uh, healing signs, wonders and miracles that took that was kind of like, a, I would say, a supercharger for my faith mm-hmm. and my passion for the Lord. And then there's a lot of things since then. A revelation of grace was arguably, I would say the most important, you know, single revelation I've had, but that, that part was like, it was kind of like that, you know, hockey stick increase in the curve, you know, if you will. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. You know what? I, I'm very much like you grew up more, uh, very, very traditional. Uh, didn't know anything about, uh, uh, Holy spirit stuff, the speaking in tongues and all of that. I didn't know any of that kind of stuff. And, um, I think what's amazing is that here, here's a story from someone like yourself. And what I mean by that is you're, you're very analytical. You're, you're not, I can tell just getting to know you. And even in this, this conversation about how you're into the details, into the numbers that you're not going to buy into the hype. You're not going to buy into the emotionalism. And I I think that speaks volumes, right? Um, So anyway, I I just wanted to share that as well. So I think that's right. That's important because I think that a lot of people, it looks so ridiculous. And there's a lot of people that would seem, you know, to discredit that. But like, for me, I'm always like, okay, I had an experience, so I can't deny that, but show me in scripture where it says this, right. I just kind of struggled with speaking in tongues for a while because there's a whole debate about that. And I'm like, I'm not against it, but show me in scripture, you know, what just happened to me, give me a scriptural basis for this, you know, cause God's both spirit and word together. It's not either or again, it's both. And, and for me, it's always like, you know, but a big part of that is the supernatural power of a transformed mind, right? Like Bill Johnson was talking about is you have to have the Holy Spirit to even illuminate and interpret scripture for you, but you also need to have the knowledge in the natural for him to work. It's that co-laboring process. And so, like I said, the, the, it will look weird and bizarre sometimes, right. Um, and offend our sensibilities, especially for someone with a military background, very analytical, very, you know, uh, everything you just said, Um, but eventually I could, there was always a scriptural foundation. There was always an experiential fruit or result that I can look to and say, look, this isn't just, you know, crazy stuff. Like there is still very much like I encourage people who are analytical and cerebral or, you know, want to see evidence, like it will stand up to the test, you know, and it's just, um, getting that revelation, that renewing of your mind, but it's all right there. Yeah. 100%. Well, um, I know we're getting close to time there on your time, and I want to honor that. One last thing I wanted to share is that, you know, for me, um, I, I had no, like you said, no language for any of those kind of encounters. And and whenever it started happening, uh, having dreams and visions and praying and people actually getting healed, right? Like seeing people get Imagine healed, that. like, wow, that's amazing, yeah. right? right? for me, it just started with a hunger, like it just so yeah. hungry. There's got to be more there. There is more. Yeah. I'm seeing what's happening in scripture. There's got to be more. And, um, you, you know, as, as I started encountering the Lord, but also putting myself in, in environments where you're learning like that, seeing some things that I've never seen before. And one of the things I had to determine in my mind is I'm not going to judge that. Yeah. But I tell you what, if that is of the Lord, I want every bit of it, right? Amen. I want all of it. Uh, and if he, he can do whatever he wants to do. And I'm not going to judge that. I'm not going to take my my experience to this point and, and, you know, judge that. But one of the greatest things that happened to me is that as I've, um, I read scripture now, man, it just pops off the page. Right. Like things I've read before is like, wow, I've read that a thousand times and I never saw that. And uh, it's just amazing. Just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's so important. Like the same verse you've said a thousand times or read and all of a sudden 
then you see this, like, how was that right in front of my face? And I didn't see that, you know, the revelation of grace was like that for me, the, the way that God equips us and, you know, everything I talked about earlier. Um, and again, it's, it's not without practical effect, right? That's a big thing I want to leave people with. This isn't all just craziness, you know, flying from the chandelier and, you know, uh, there is that, but it's also very much, you know, uh, like I said, I'm deep into spreadsheets and numbers and even that, how I got into that story, which is a, a whole other thing for another time. Um, you know, again, the Lord always backs it up. And as I look well into the matter and really dissect and analyze it, it always stands up and it, it leads to a deeper layer of truth. And so anyways, yeah, I, I appreciate you pointing that out. And uh, I, I know that for you, especially I wasn't, you know, I was in Portland, Oregon, uh, you were from kind of the deep South Baptist country. So that's, that's sometimes even a harder thing to um, break out of that mold. And uh, you're, you're living proof, brother. So uh, I just appreciate you and your heart in this podcast. And I'm excited to have you uh, on my show and, and just really bless what you're doing, Corey. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Well, Ryan, uh, I, I know, uh, so you talked about your, your book, it's called A Better Way. Uh, where can people go to get that book? Um, you can go to Amazon. Uh, you can basically, I mean, that's pretty much where it's, there's a, there's a couple different versions of it, but, um, you know, if you Google it or I can give you the link if people want to go to it, but you know, it's on Kindle, uh, paperback, hardback. Um, I don't have an audio book version yet. I know I need to do that. A lot of people have asked me about that. So that's, that's on, um, you know, the back burner for now, but I, I do hope to get that done. But yeah, if you just check, uh, you know, Amazon or Google it, and then you should see uh, a better way, Ryan Haley, it'll pop up. Yeah. Better way, Ryan Haley podcast, a better way. And then you do, um, uh, financial, uh, planning with, uh, individuals. I don't know if I could say it like that. Uh, I forget the, the lingo that I can and cannot use, but if, if, um, <laughs> you can say whatever you want. I'm the one who has to be oh, Okay. Okay. I can say it. However, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. you hook people up with financial advice to make better decisions, mm -hmm. wise financial decisions <laughs> yeah, with their financial planning. If yeah. people wanted to reach out to you to find out more about those services, how would somebody reach out to you? Yeah. So again, I work with a company called Unbridled Wealth. So you can go to unbridledwealth.com. And then um, there's at some point, I, I probably should know the actual URL, I can send it to you, but there's um, a, a page where you can look at all the individual advisors, you know, or the uh, strategists as we call them. Um, and I am listed there. So you can go to um, that kind of bio and there's a way you can schedule an appointment with me. I also just have a Calendly um, thing that people can schedule an appointment and, and, and learn more. So I can give you that. Um, you know, there's, there's a bunch of different ways, but if you're interested, particularly in the financial stuff, um, go to unbridledwealth.com. You can look me up, schedule an appointment with me. I'm happy to talk to you about it. I really believe passionately in what I, in what we do. And I've seen how the Lord's blessed it. So um, again, every bit is, is legitimate a ministry is everything we talked about here. Uh, just happens to me for my super left brain analytical tendencies. You know, that's a great way for me to scratch the itch and, and bless people and expand the kingdom. So um, yeah, I can, I can give you all that. If you want to put it in the show notes, the exact URL that people can look at, but uh, unbridledwealth.com. And then of course you can go to a betterwaypodcast.com as well. And, and there's a way to connect with me through that. Awesome. Well, Ryan, you've added a ton of value. We appreciate you coming on with us today, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Corey. Look forward to next week. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for taking the listen. I know Ryan has added a ton of value to you. I encourage you to get his uh, book, A Better Way. Uh, check out his podcast and uh, reach out to him if you have any financial questions, financial needs, and um, make sure to, to like and subscribe. And if there's something that Ryan said that stood out to you, make sure to comment below and I'll make sure to get that to him. But we appreciate you. We hope this has added value to you and you guys have a great day and God bless. Thanks so much for spending your time with us today. As you go about your day, remember to ask yourself as a parent, child, sibling, business owner, customer, boss, teammate, would you recommend yourself, audit yourself and change your life? Hey guys, and if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, take a moment, please subscribe, give us a rate and review on your listening platform. And hey, we value your feedback and it helps others find us. Are you ready for this?